Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan presents Mile High Hoops with Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I'm your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your time with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a dramatic Game 3 victory for the Denver Nuggets, 120-115 to in Portland. A pivotal Game 3 matchup where history says 73% of the time the Game 3 winner when the series is tied 1-1 goes on to win that series. And not only does the math and the history of it say that the Game 3 winner uh, uh, has a strong likelihood to go on to win the series. My eyes are telling me that the temperature of this series is really going in the favor of the Denver Nuggets and seriously against Portland. There is so much to react to. <clears throat> so much to react to. All right. And where I want to start is in the most obvious place Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers, guys, this was, um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes these games are uh, just games, and they're all important, right, because they're they're playoff games. So I'm not trying to minimize any type of, of playoff setting. But a lot of times, like if I said to you, hey, uh, what happened in <clears throat> game uh, five of the first round series in 2019 against San Antonio? You'd be like, ah, wait, I don't, I don't quite remember that. Like, unless you were there or there was something, um, uh, you know, that stuck out uh, for you personally. But to the masses, they'd be like, I, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. What, you know, remind me. But if I said, hey, what happened in Game Two in the 2019 series against the San Antonio Spurs? You might be able to uh, remember that. Uh, because the the Nuggets were down 0-1 at home, and Jamal Murray went uh, historic and just took the game over and really was his um, coming out party in the NBA playoffs for the first time. <clears throat> uh, and, and, and this is not an exact parallel. I'm just like l- literally off the top of my head using that as an analogy. Um, in two years, if I said to you, hey, do you remember the, do you remember the Austin Rivers game? In Game Three of the first round series against Portland, you're going to be able to remember it. Like it was a signature moment in time. Whenever we uh, attach someone's name to a game, <clears throat> that's that's a that's a footnote in like your viewership history. And I can tell you with conviction, um, I believe I will remember the Austin Rivers game uh, for the rest of my life. You know, at, at least the foreseeable future, um, because of just how everything has fallen so crazily and so perfectly into place for both Austin Rivers and the Nuggets. It's like this absurd real life human game of Tetris, where unfortunately for Austin, his career was seriously derailed, and. Uh, it, it's one of these things where, like, you can't, you can't, you can't write it, like, you can't script it any better. Where Austin Rivers, <clears throat> you know, once upon a time is this top draft pick from this blue blood school, from you know this blue blood basketball family, 
and you know he's going to be a star, of course, and you know his dad's the coach and all the stuff. You guys know the story, and he goes from heralded to then lowly considered, and then out of the league. And just watching NBA basketball the same way that you and I ingest it. It's just crazy. And then you have this Nuggets team that has legitimate championship uh, aspirations for the first time in over 10 years. And one of the star players who was your hero a year ago in the playoffs goes down with you know a month and a half left uh, in the season. And it's like, okay, well, let's see what we have here. Then, you know, Will Barton goes down. And then Monty Morris goes down. And then P.J. Dozier goes down. And then Austin uh, Austin Rivers' phone is ringing with a 303 area code. It's just insanity. Like, for this guy to be um, on the couch watching basketball the way that you and I do, to in the NBA playoffs as a starting member of the Nuggets backcourt making crunch time threes like Austin Rivers guys on Thursday night scored 16 points in the fourth quarter of a game that it felt like the Nuggets had to have. He he knocked down four threes in the final 12 minutes. Like even as I'm literally sitting here in our KEPN studios in Denver, Colorado, uh, which is just a side studio, um, like, I'm talking into this microphone still trying to understand what we watched last night. It's just full-blown historic for all the right reasons. And you hear the tone and just the words coming out of Austin Rivers' mouth, the humility that I have never heard or seen from Austin Rivers, the total gut-check humbling that he got and how much he appreciates this moment in time. I just... You know, what last night did for Austin Rivers' reputation in this league, but more importantly, in that locker room, um, I just, I don't think it can be overstated. And I'm just so, I don't know Austin Rivers, never been in the same room with Austin Rivers, couldn't be happier for Austin Rivers uh, on a day like today. And I hope that you guys have that sentiment too. Just a signature moment in his life for that young man. Uh, and he is, and he is a, a, a young man who has made some mistakes, admittedly. All right, I like. I'm going to be honest. <clears throat> I've, I've watched Austin Rivers his whole career. He always uh, just came off like an ass to me. You know the old uh, phrase um, uh, from uh, John Wooden: "Basketball doesn't build character; it reveals it." Too many times I'd au- watch Austin Rivers, and he just came off like a jerk to me, like an arrogant, entitled jerk. And sometimes. In our 20s, uh, more oftentimes than not, uh, we grow up a little bit. You know, we grow up a little bit. And I look back at some of the mistakes that I've made in my life, and I just I can't believe that the same person talking to you here today is the same person that made some of those mistakes. And so I have appreciation for the arc of the conversation that we're having uh, about Austin. Uh, and hopefully he continues to thrive. Uh, Nikola Jokic, I thought, was just flat-out brilliant. <clears throat> just flat-out brilliant. I'm running... Um, out of ways, this has kind of been the theme of the season, running out of ways to articulate the mastery of Nikola Jokic playing the game of basketball. He goes for 36 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. He had it going from 3. Like, what do you do? Like, you know, in the previous weeks leading up to the postseason, I was talking about and trying to emphasize the level um, and appreciation for the three-level scoring threat that Michael Porter Jr. has become. 
that same exact logic applies for uh, Nicola, who makes four threes last night, goes four for seven. Uh, he's great from mid range. Like if you're off, if you're off of him, he doesn't think about it. He just shoots it, and he's and he's terrific at it. He's brilliant with his touch around the rim, uh, flat out ambidextrous. He goes to the free throw line, goes eight for eight. You know the guy had the guy had six offensive rebounds, guys, six. And 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 let's not discount the five assists. Uh, he was a plus ten when he was out there. He only turned it over two different times. Um, stayed out of foul trouble. Jokic was uh, Jokic was great. Jokic was great, and we're watching history, right? Like I'm, I think I'm done trying to explain like on Twitter what we're watching. Like if you know, you know at this point, and if you don't, I I can't help you. Um, Nikola Jokic is the first player to record thirty points and fifty percent shooting in each of his first three games of a postseason since Michael Jeffrey Jordan in nineteen ninety two. Now I'm going to repeat it one more time just so it sinks in. Nikola Jokic is the first player to record 30 points and 50% shooting in each of his first three games of a postseason since Michael Jordan back in 1992. What we're watching is historic. It puts all the hot takes to bed. You know, Nick Wright, oh, worst MVP in 35 years, just the dumbest take of all time. It flies in the face of the raw numbers. It flies in the face of the eye test. It flies in the face of the advanced stats. Okay, how do you want it, right? Game one, 34 and 16. Game two, 38, 8 and 5. Game three, 36, 11 and 5. Guys averaging 36 points for a series. It's insane, all right? And the um, awareness of just how important uh, game three was was very obvious to Nicola, and I thought that it manifested itself early in the game by not being over-aggressive offensively and getting his teammates involved. I don't think he took a shot like the first five minutes of the game, and I think that was purposeful. Nicola plays the game at a, at a different level. It's totally from the neck up, right? And this is why he could do what he is doing right now for another decade. Like he's just, he, you, you could really make the argument that he's just getting started. Two years ago, he finished his fourth in the MVP Last year, he had his team in the Western Conference Finals, and it was a first-team All-NBA guy. And then the following season, he's the MVP. He's 26. He's just getting started, right? He doesn't play above the rim. The, the, it, the, Nicola could go down, going back to the Nick Wright um, slander, uh, saying that Jokic is the worst uh, MVP in 35 years. Well, you're, you're, you're taking a snapshot of the guy's career when he's effing 26 years old. Be better, right? That's just a dumb take because at the end of the day, Ten years from now, we could be looking at Nikola Jokic as one of the most accomplished NBA players in the history of the sport. Okay, uh, and I don't mean to get too fired up here, um, but I thought he was—he was just flat out great, um, just dominating whoever guards him. Yusef Nurkic has nothing for him. Okay, a um, couple brilliant passes by Yusef, by the way, um, especially in the first half of that game. Uh, but Yusef defensively has nothing for Jokic. Uh, Cantor, it, it might as well be you know me trying to guard uh, Nikola. Then they you know get crazy and try to throw like Mello or or Covington on him. You just like that's where we're at. Like Terry Stotts is grabbing at straws uh, at this one, and there is no there is no mystery straw that's going to solve it. There's no silly straw that's going to solve it. Uh, so it's hilarious uh, to watch. He was 12 for 24. I mean, you can't get much better. You can't get much better. Um, so although Austin Rivers um, 
won the game for them. I think that's safe to say. Like he, you know, without Austin Rivers, um, I think the Nuggets lose. But you're not in the position for Austin Rivers to affect the game like he did down the stretch of the fourth quarter without Nikola being really the base of the pyramid, right? The foundation upon which everything else is predicated. That was Nikola Jokic in game three, and that's been Nikola Jokic uh, in this series. Uh, Faku Campazzo continues to just be Faku. I mean, I, I remember before the season started, this was after the draft, um, when I had my college teammate, uh, Steve D'Agostino, who is a, a tremendous trainer, uh, has worked with you know many guys. He's Kevin Herter's primary trainer for the Atlanta Hawks, former first-round pick out of Maryland. Uh, Andrew Playtech, University of North Carolina. Joe Cremo, who was at uh, Villanova. Um, he, and just many, 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 many others uh, in upstate New York. <clears throat> uh, he came on the podcast saying, look, mark my words. Uh, Nuggets Nation doesn't know who Faku Campazo is yet. You're going to fall in love. You're going to fall in love. And that is what happened. I mean, Faku Campazo has gone from um, a guy who you have to Google or be explained to who he is to one of the fan favorites in all of town. And it's just so fun to watch, man. He's so aggressive. He's so clever. He's so um, risky. Like, a lot of the stuff he does in games, you're like, no, no, oh, oh my gosh, that worked out, you know? And he's um, he's got a brilliance to him that is kind of hard to define. Um, you know, the old um, uh, court case in the early 90s when you, they were trying to describe uh, pornography, and the dude said, uh, I, don't, I, I can't describe it for you, but I know it when I see it. It's kind of like Faku, right? Like, if you're going to try to explain Faku Campazzo's game to someone, um, you might have a little bit of difficulty. But when you see it, you appreciate it. And I think that in in wholesale, the fan base uh, this season, and particularly here uh, down the stretch when he's uh, been asked to take on an increased role, uh, the appreciation levels have, have really gone up for Faku. Not a perfect player by any means, uh, but he is an irritant he is a uh, lubricant offensively. He can be. Um, you know, he's, he's knocking down shots. And speaking of knocking down shots, like, <clears throat> like nine different Nuggets made threes. I, I think about that. Nine different Nuggets made threes. That's insanity. That's, that, that is insanity. The only guy that played that didn't make a three, excuse me, was uh, Shaq Harrison. And he only played five minutes. Uh, so, just brilliant. Uh, so, so t- t- take a look at this. You go back to game one, and the Blazers make a, a franchise record uh, for a postseason game, 19 made threes. Uh, the, the Nuggets made 20 in game three. They shot 20 for 38 from behind the arc. It's over 50%. So, just, just brilliant um, as a team. <clears throat> and you're seeing the uh, dichotomy side-by-side, side, the way that Portland is trying to get it done to, w- to where uh, the Nuggets are trying to get it done. The, um, po- the Portland offense looks like the plan is uh, go be great. Like we need Lillard, uh, uh, CJ, we need you guys to be great. A lot of this is going to come off individual effort. And it's not enough when you're talking about a complete team you know, who's all chipping in, like like everyone chipped in, everyone in game two and game three. And that's been the common theme here 
um, in games one, two, and three is that the 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 team who had the better supporting cast outside the stars at the very top um, won the game. And that's gone in the Nuggets' favor in games two and game three. And I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but it looks more sustainable for Denver than it does Portland. All right? And um, I will say this. uh, Mello, who once again um, knocked down some shots, man. He got 17 points off the bench, made four threes. Um, the, The box score probably masks some of those deficiencies for Mello because... Outside the shot making, he's not really doing much of anything. Uh, so, yes, he is having an impact on the series for sure. But at the same time, um, it's uh, not as much as game one. It, it, it's, it's less game one vibes. Um, so, we'll obviously continue to track that. Um, but it looks like just the supporting cast for the Nuggets um, has less um, strenuous of an effort to contribute um, the way that it looks like and feels like Portland does. So, um, we'll, obviously, I don't, again, don't want to get ahead of myself, but I also don't want to understate how big of a win uh, that Game 3, uh, in fact, was. So, we'll see what happens moving forward here, man. Um, we'll see what happens. I... I can't say enough uh, about this team. Uh, I am almost a a little bit, um, I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, Um, but I picked uh, the Blazers to win this series. Uh, I did. I just didn't think the Nuggets, without Jamal, uh, without Will Barton, with Monte just coming back into the fold, um, I just didn't, I wasn't sure about the firepower uh, versus the firepower of Portland. And now I'm I'm just totally taking a step back. Look, there's a long way to go in the series, okay? There's a long way to go. Um, I, I don't think that there's going to be some gentleman sweep here. I just don't think it's going to go down like that. I, I don't think we've seen the last of Portland or adjustments that that team is going to make. But in terms of the firepower standpoint and the way that I forecasted uh, the series in my mind's eye, I am seriously taking a step back from that. Uh, and I'm so happy to do it. I am so happy to do it. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, game four is going to be on uh, Saturday evening. Uh, at the time of recording, it is uh, Friday. That game is going to be in the middle of the afternoon uh, on Saturday on TNT. So the whole world will be able to watch uh, that one. And you know that whatever happens in game four we'll be talking about it right here on the mile high hoops podcast oh hey didn't realize you were listening well let's make this quick and don't touch that dial we're rocky mountain forest products and we're not aggressive we're passionate and we're not going to blast you with facts you don't need but when you do visit rmfp.com whether you're in need of fencing decking or setting information it's all there and best of all it's free no one likes a salesman so we're not going to sell you whether you need the info or not just remember rmfp.com you do you colorado you do you